Hello everyone and welcome to the third day of Milano IS 2021. Today the media team is here for you again with a daily recap and then we have the second part of the activist podcast. Welcome back everybody for your daily recap with Kitty and today I am joined here with Isaac. Hi Isaac, can you tell me hello, hello. which committee you're from or tell everybody? Pech, I'm from Sweden too if you want to know that. Yes, yes we do, fun facts from Sweden. The fun fact I wrote in the digital map was that Sweden, it's, uh, in Sweden it's custom to joke about Norwegians. So. Norwegians are like the stupid people in every joke, but they're also our brothers. So you, you Central Europeans, you can't ever say that Norwegians are stupid. Only Sweden are, is allowed to say that. It's like a love-hate relationship. I see how yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, we are neighbors, so... Seems, seems only fair. I feel like we have a similar thing going on with both like Germany and Austria. So it's always the neighboring countries yeah. that have this animosity sort of, sort of situation. Oh, it's great to have you here. So let's quickly just talk about day two, what happened yesterday. After, after team building, you delegates had the opportunity to talk with some of our sponsors and to participate in the sustainability fair, right? Yes. How did, you, how, how did your evening go? What group were you, were you sorted in? So I was sorted into the Boston Consulting Group. And it was a very interesting seminar or talk, I guess. He was very active and... We could ask a lot of questions. It was nice to learn more about like sustainability in the workplace and the general economy. And he, his clients are mainly like huge companies. So it's might be hard to analyze that fact into our lives, but it's very interesting to hear how more and more companies are going climate neutral or less climate uh, destruction, I guess. Yeah. And just learning about sustainability or sustainable practices in the economy. I'm no, like, I'm no economist, but... No, me you, neither. <laughs> do you think, or did you, did you get a conclusive answer to the question whether companies are being more sustainable because it's better for business or because they actually want to? Or what's your, so, also, what's your take on this? Yeah, okay. So he said that it's important for businesses to go climate neutral. And in most cases, you can actually save money just by going climate neutral, or you can always add costs, but it, the costs are never as high as you would imagine. Oh, really? It might be a one or two percent increase to go like fully climate zero or zero CO two, which is one or two percent is not a lot of money. Or, or if you especially, buy, especially for the payoff that you get. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, I'm a business owner or a small business owner myself. What's your business? I own a small knife sharpening company here in Stockholm, Sweden. Uh, what's the name of your company? Or do you have an Instagram? Where do you want people yes. to listen to this? We have the name of the company is Scarp, which means sharp. So if you want to check us out, you can go to Instagram with, and it's Scarp underscore UF. So S-K-A, can you spell R-P. it for us? S-K-A-R-P underscore UF. You heard it here first, people. If you're in the Stockholm area and need to get your knife sharpened, <laughs> this is where you need to go. Yes. And just out of personal curiosity, how did you get started? Like, where's your passion for sharp knives come from? So uh, I'm in Sweden in last year of high school. And 
you can choose some different subjects uh, in your last year. So I choose or I chose a course called entrepreneurship. And in that course, you basically gather up with some classmates and create school company or a youth company, which has some special laws and rules that you have to abide to. But mainly it's it's just to get to know the the market and to learn more about making a company and entrepreneurship. So, yeah. And we had a lot of crazy ideas in the beginning. Mostly these youth companies aren't supposed to make more than, oh, say 50 euros profit at the end of the year. And I make a little bracelet or some shoelaces or whatever. We had like kind of high ambitions. And with the idea that we came up with, the knife sharpening business, we actually expanded a lot. So right now we have a lot of revenue, I guess. And it's like my job. Instead of working at a market on the weekends, I sharpen knives with my own company, which is I'm, great. I'm because so impressed by this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is great because I love being flexible and doing whatever I want to do. And also my colleagues are very happy or like they are my friends. So we can be happy with each other but while still doing productive work. Wait, so how big is your team? So it's five people and we split up. So we work every weekend. We work two days. First day is three people and second day is also three people. So one guy has to do work double every weekend. And then we also meet up in school on two days uh, a week just to like make sure that everything is planned, talk about ideas for the future, how we should expand after the school year. And yeah, just last week or last or two weeks ago, we had a guy call us and he said he wanted to invest in our business if we ever go Congra- after school. Wow. This is, which is crazy. <laughs> great. I'm honestly flabbergasted. And also like, it's such a great, like, to see, okay, this is like a student thing. This is something we had to do for school. And then it turns into an actual reality. Yeah. Plus, and it's something like you can do with sh- your hands, right? You, you're not in front of a screen all the time, which I'm oh, always yeah. in favor of. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because there's a lot of positives. Of course, we work and we put a lot, down a lot of hours into this, but it's fun and we make a lot of money and it's for school. So I get a grade in making oh, money. You get, you oh, know? you get credit as well. Oh, that's... Yeah, so that's a win-win-win situation there. Exactly. <laughs> well, thanks, Isaac, for joining us today. I hope this was super insightful for, I mean, firstly for me, but also for everybody listening. Don't forget to check out his business on Instagram. Yes. <laughs> and I hope you enjoy the rest of the, the session and also the radio show. Thank you. Also joining me here today for the daily recap is Rialdo. Hi, Rialdo. Hello, Giri. How are you? How is today going? So far, so good. Uh, you're on the chairs team, if I do remember correctly. Oh, well, yeah, that's an exact uh, statement. Uh, but sometimes I wonder myself. So, uh... <laughs> Only true facts here on this show. <laughs> I wanted to talk about team building since we're coming to the close of team building and usually you're a very hands-on sort of guy. How are you handling the digital life? Oh, well, I kind of like now that I think back to it, I've been coined as a chilled, laid back one type of chair. But now that you say it, I think, yeah, hands-on, it's turning up 
to me. Like uh, I like getting the spirit of movement and uh, getting involved with everyone. And that's what we've been trying to do today in Libe. Been doing different games and activities, sort of like a not just a digital movement, but also like a bit physical as well. But uh, nevertheless, the point has been so far the aim to get everyone know more about themselves, about themselves as a team. So yeah, it's uh, it's been very energetic and I think we'll be a- aiming to end the day on a high note. And I'm very hopeful because I have an excellent group of stars in my team. So, Oh, that sounds like you're their number one fan already. How exactly did you did you get them up from their desks? What What funky game did you come up with or did you use? Uh, well, it wasn't more of a game. Uh, we, we've been doing uh, calls while, while taking a walk for those who can during this pandemic. And basically, uh, they would have been in pairs walking around their house or their neighborhood, just talking to one another, kind of like a self-debriefing and, you know, venting, talking, asking questions. And the point is that While we would have done like walking and running and games in uh, in a physical uh, event, uh, we can do that also uh, in di- through, through digital means. So uh, that has that has been the point this whole time. Couldn't agree with you more. Is there, if you think of your of your Libe stars, like you call them just just now, is there a favorite moment from their team building that really stands out to you? What was extra special? I have to say. Like, okay, so the fact that I don't really have uh, an extra special moment in my mind either says that it has been not that special or that it has been all special and I cannot put my finger on it. All uh, it was but, special. But, yeah, but seeing that I'm very excited about it and, it and they are enjoying it, I think that everything's been special. But one moment where I really felt proud was... During the conflict game, they stepped on toes and they went around a bit with how to get along and figure out everything. But uh, at the end, uh, they perfectly managed to finish the activity as planned. And uh, they figured everything out by themselves, which which make, made me so, so proud. And also, I was very, very uh, happy and surprised because we were doing hot air, hot air balloon. So uh, we need to mention people important people who would like to have in a hot air balloon when doomsday on earth comes uh, so these people get safety like colonize mars and everyone's like started like famous people scientists uh, andy samberg was there as well but one of the delegates put up her two best friends and so uh, that moment gave me a lot of hope in my heart because it means that each and every one of us can save the world not just uh, and in Samberg and the, the the lonely island so and i think that's that's the perfect closing statement for today i couldn't put it i couldn't put it any better thank, uh, you, thank you for the inspiring messages from your committee thank you gede for having me today and yeah looking forward to the academic part and to everything that comes with it milano even though i'm and like sitting in front of my laptop right now i feel like i'm in the session And I am living the session 24-7. So, yeah, keep up with us if you can. Loving the feedback. Let's keep this going. Let's stay playful. Absolutely wonderful. Have a nice day. You too.
Hello, Hello everybody. everybody! My name is Candice. And my name is Rhiannon. And, and this, this is, is The Activist, Activist Podcast. Podcast. So welcome Daniele, welcome to this episode of Milano's podcast and today I am hosting the Activist podcast. So thank you Daniele for being with us. Daniele, could you quickly introduce yourself and your role in the session and maybe who you are, what you study in general? Sure. First of all, thank you very much, Candice, for like asking me to join uh, in this podcast. It is my pleasure. I'm Danny, and I'm a uh, core organizer for PR and communication. Been working on the international session for a couple of years, I believe two years and a half. So it's actually nice to be so close to the session. Was it for you kind of an activist choice to start getting invested in Milano? Definitely, yeah. I was like, I was interested in sustainability as a broad concept for, I believe, since the last year of high school, but also before. And uh, it is also very much linked with the diversity project. And so my main activist activity and seeing Milano as a, a chance to actually boost the um, debate about circular sustainability, it was something that interested me from, from the beginning. So yeah, it was definitely one of the main reasons. And so you, you just mentioned diversity project, but I don't think our audience already <laughs> knows what, <laughs> what it is about. So if you don't mind just uh, introducing the project and then maybe how you were involved in it and everything. Yeah, sure. It's actually a pretty interesting story because it's very much linked with uh, the EYP and the EYP history as well because uh, Diversity was born during the, the European Youth Parliament International Session in Brno. There was a, an activity during one of the, um, the night activities of the International Session which was called the Active Citizenship Night. Basically all the participants were divided in groups and started working on a project on the theme of creative city development. And we had different teams and different topics to tackle. And uh, we had to come out with a some sort of project to actually be voted. And uh, after an online voting procedure, Diversity won the European funds for the best project. And this was actually pretty, pretty much a surprise. Uh, there was So there was like 20 EY peers from, I would say, at least 15 countries working on, a, on, on the idea of Diversity. And then there was the need for someone to actually create the, the project. And that's where I popped in and I, I made myself available. I was 17 years old, so still doing high school. And uh, I, so I, had, uh, I didn't have much on my plate and I was interested in just getting some work done and uh, actually starting my activist activity outside the UAP. And so here it comes, what is diversity, am I right? <laughs> so uh, at first it was a, a platform where citizens could freely present any project aimed at enriching the city with um, creative and sustainable initiatives, basically. And it should be very concrete and effective projects. And the users would use the, the platform by sending, submitting their projects, their ideas, and the feedback uh, among the users, of course, uh, would have ensured, thanks to our moderation, to actually put the project in place. So the idea was to connect the projects and the sensitivity of the different citizens also, and the ideas of the different citizens to actually empower them and to boost their capability of getting a project done. So this was the, the idea at the beginning and uh, it was very much of a process. So we started in 2017 building up this website. And of course, the 
original uh, group somehow divided because it was kind of difficult to develop this idea on a such a broad range of nations and so I started doing it in, in Italy and uh, I built up the, the website and it was ready by I believe um, 2018 and that's when we kicked off. I involved some of my friends at school and we made this a school project and so involved our schools and local institutions into it. And when we, we started to realize that the ideas weren't only coming from the outside, so they weren't only coming from the citizens, but also from ourselves. And that's why we decided to build an association. And we became an association and we are now, I believe, around fifth. We have around 50 members in 15 cities in Italy. So we're still small, of course, but there are a lot of projects going on. It was actually nice to see that everything started from an EYP session. Yes, it is really beautiful to see how many activist projects have started after our Around NYP event. So you were talking about how your project was born when you were still in high school, so pretty young. And even now that you are a bit older, uh, well, you're still a student, but when you are young, how do you handle the link with the institutions, the sponsors, just as you were doing with diversity and also as a PR orga in Milano? How do you do that? Of course, you have uh, several disadvantages when you started contacting someone that uh, is, let's say, let's say, above you in terms of career, of ex expertise, and of course, also in terms of the fact that you are asking them to do something for you and for your idea or for your project. But you have also an advantage being so young. And this is something that I I started realizing when I was working for IAS Milan and especially during my meetings in the international office for the HO Summit last year. So right before the, the pandemic, I had the chance to go there and talk and take part in workshops from the international office. And what I started to realize is that you have a chance which is the being bold basically because you are young and they expect you to be bold and they are not used to seeing people so young committed to such a broad and different range of activities although it's pretty stressful for me of course because you ha need to handle several things and from diversity to the UAP to uh, studying and these things are not necessarily linked sometimes it is still your I believe your uh, main leverage with the sponsors. The fact that you're young and that, you're, that you can present yourself as a brilliant and bold person <laughs> and uh, although it doesn't mean that I am brilliant or bold, it's just that you try to appear like that <laughs> with sponsors to, to, to get something. And seeing that Milano is doing quite well, I believe it is a strategy that eventually paid off. <laughs> so yeah. It's actually very interesting from my side to hear from someone whose activism is very connected to the help of the institutions because it is very, very different from the activism that I am doing. But I can see that we both have very common values. And I wanted to ask what of these values or what passions were kind of activated by Milano, what uh, values gave you the will to participate and to continue the Milano adventure? It's a very cool question and uh, it's not easy to answer because I believe there are a lot of factors that somehow involved me in, in Milan and also uh, made my, my activism, my expertise in activism or let's say my general interest in activism a major factor that somehow boosted my work for the session. 
uh, and had an impact of, on, on, on the work that I did for the session. I believe that there is a core idea, which is the fact that your action can have an impact on many people, but also on very few people. And they, it doesn't mean that they are not valuable. Um, you can have impact on few people and still be extremely impactful. This idea of having the chance to impact the life of, I'd say, more than 200 participants with my work in Milan, with organizing a smooth event, with several, let's say, inputs from sponsors and interesting activities, and also social media coverage that could get the delegates interested in the event and somehow get them on board. This was the, the, the core idea, so the feeling that I could have an impact on the life of so many people. So yeah, it, it is a very banal answer, I believe, but it's the reason why we're all involved in the UAP and also especially on the organizing level. I was always interested in, in, in trying to have an impact on, on the society and what, what surrounds me. When I was a child, I was interested in uh, video making and then I started my video making activity a couple of years ago, like a, some sort of a professional activity. But when I was a child, I used to do short films with my friends and posted them on, on YouTube. And we, we were doing very, like, very sad stories, but with a clear meaning, with a clear message, I'd say. And we were doing that just because we, we were thinking that, a, I don't know, even 10 viewers could get the message and find something interesting in it. So also this very like targeted and small-sized feedback, it's still extremely rewarding, rewarding for me. Yeah, that is very cute, but it makes sense. In activism in general, we are all focused on the impact, uh, the impact that whatever we're going to do uh, is going to have on someone. And it is interesting because when you evolve, when you grow up, you meet people, etc. The kind of impact that you want to have might also change. Like, I mean, you, you grow up, you, you understand more issues and everything. You know, as you grow up at some point, you have to pick your battles and you cannot just be activist about everything and try to have an impact on everything. Is it something that you asked yourself? Is it the choice that you've done? Is it something that is still evolving? What battles do you pick and how do you pick them? It's actually a very good question because, so talking about my activist activity, so the association I founded, Diversity, it is actually a very broad association tackling a lot of different problems. And the reason be behind this is that I was interested in so many stuff that I couldn't decide and also about the fact that I want to boost active citizenship for a wide range of people. So a wide range of students or um, whoever wants to become a member and it's generally interested in, in what we do, despite not having it clearly what topics we are going to tackle. So let me, let me put it this way. We, we were about to build this, this platform and we needed to decide the topics to actually focus on and we were interested i don't know environment culture or um, sustainable food or uh, generally fun and events or uh, or also traveling opportunities or technology and we had such a variety of activities and of interest where to uh, let's say foster our activist spirit and we decided to involve all of them at first it was difficult to get people on board, but then this thing somehow became our strength, I believe. And the project some somehow started to build up around the feeling that many people with different backgrounds and with different interests could actually get involved. And I would say, uh, lastly, that 
at a certain point, as you mentioned, as, at a certain point, you need to understand what your activist efforts are going to be targeted to. That's true. And as of a personal interest, I kind of see this target to the energy sector. Let's say the, the energy transition in general, because I study energy engineering. So this is where my, my activist activity would focus the most in, in the following years, I believe. But it's still nice to see that thanks to diversity, I have very different inputs and get to know more about topics that I didn't think at first I was interested in. But then I found out that they are extremely riveting. So, yeah. And so today, are you still involved in the organization? Do you still gather the projects that are being developed? And do you still like what is your exact role and how did it evolve in, in in the association you mean in diversity yeah yeah so um i'm i'm the the, the president of the association so pretty much oh, like okay. Just that. yes <laughs> so pretty much coordinating <laughs> the, the the work of the association in that sense my, my core activity so far apart from let's say coordinating the activity of the um, of the board of the association is also project manager of the um, diversity for schools which is an on online e-learning platform we created on our website to uh, provide um, schools in Italy and also outside Italy, uh, ideally, with some different topics that are not normally tackled during their the, the course of a year. And so we have um, stuff concerning Europe, and it is a workshop that we created um, thanks to UAP Italy and uh, understanding Europe as well. Something connected to climate change and uh, also to uh, the energy transition, so pretty much what I'm interested in. And then um, Fridays for Future also, so we try to explain people what Fridays for Future was and previous um, examples of activism uh, in, in the past but also something connected to art and culture, so contemporary philosophy and a focus on Paul Gauguin and uh, also a focus on the, the history of, um, of cinema and cinema making. And last but not least, there is also an IET course on this platform. These, these are all courses that were developed by university uh, students and they are targeted for, let's say, the last years of high school. So we, we just try to bring our expertise or what we know uh, and make it available to, to the, to the young, youngsters, I'd say. And yeah, that's the, 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 the main activity I'm, I'm involved in. But there is a, lo a lot of um, disclosing topics on uh, social media um, and also a lot of uh, event organizing, which I'm in interested in and involved in within diversity. This sounds so cool and so interesting. It also sounds uh, like an awful lot of free work. As an activist, I am always wondering what I'm going to do when I'm going to join the professional world. I, am, I just joined an internship in kind of an activist foundation. And this is my way to make work and activism at the same time, let's say. I'm wondering if you also ask yourself the same question, like what are you gonna do or how are you gonna do when you're gonna join the professional world? I'm always asking myself this question so I can see your point. And actually being um, interested in energy engineering, I know that when I will be entering, let's say the job sector, I, I will drop my activist activity because it will definitely take too much time to continue both of them. I wouldn't say I would drop it, but I would definitely reduce the amount of time I dedicate to it. And that's necessary, I believe. At a certain point, you gotta focus your, your strength on what you can do. And I believe I could have an impact also when I, when I joined the job sector, or at least that's the idea. Then we'll see what happens, you know. 
so yeah, I'm always asking myself the question, and uh, it is mainly connected to the fact that I'm also studying, as as you mentioned as well. So it is difficult to make everything fit your schedule, and uh, it is difficult to understand sometimes what are your battles. I believe so. It's at certain points you get you kind of get frustrated. You can yeah, you get uh, demotivated. You are just extremely tired, and you feel like you're not getting the results. But in the end, if you have the passion for what you're doing, if you're committed to that theme, if you feel like you couldn't do without this, because that's the idea. I mean, I, I couldn't do without without the, the UAP and I couldn't do without also diversity uh, because it's also about self-growth. So we, we talked about having an impact on others, but you also get to have an impact on yourself, I believe. And that's something extremely valuable and precious. And I will try to hold this as as long as I can. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your activist bliss for like for the rest of the world, but also for yourself, and it makes a lot of sense. Exactly. And how how would you like? How do you think that you will translate your activism, your values in your work as an engineer? Like, how would you like to implement that in your day to day job? That's that's a tough answer because I don't know what my day job will be, uh, but mm -hmm. ideally. Dream building job. up i don't know <laughs> yeah exactly i i, I don't know because i don't know what i will be focusing on yeah me neither but that is the privilege of being the journalist you know i ask questions that i do not have <laughs> the answer to exactly <laughs> and yeah and I, i'm 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 usually yeah i'm usually on the interviewer side so yeah. i'm not that used to thinking quickly of a smart a very smart answer but i'll try this time and um It, it is. I'm interested in nuclear engineering, so I'm planning to um, study nuclear engineering in the future. Hopefully, to bring this technology to a new level with with just a very small contribution. I mean, and uh, believing that this could be actually the future of our energy systems. Hopefully, for a sustainable future. So yeah, that's the idea. But it's. I don't know. It's pretty. I know it's pretty vague. But I don't know where I will be focusing in. In let's say 10 years or so. So we'll see. Thank you very much, Daniele, for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me here, and it was my pleasure, definitely. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more.